clean as a whistle. What she was talking about, you know, without having too much of the tickets of where you are, that's still just perspective of somebody that's out there. People that are still working essential functions. So, I mean, just because the peoples might think that what you're doing ain't necessarily essential to families that have kids and families that might have small athletes. Hell, even to some of the athletes, because you're near Springs. So, this is going to be the athletes that you might be distributing stuff to just because they dreams just got put on a minute. Right. Just as far as with what you're just seeing out there in Pueblo and Springs in general, just like how is the environment? Because you guys on stay-at-home orders right now, right? You're one of the states that are. Yeah, we're we're on stay-at-home orders. So we, and we just got extended through April 26th. So yeah, like we're essentially, you know, only essential work and workers can, can go out. But when, like when I take a, a step back, I'm like, everything can be classified as essential if you let somebody sell it to you. You know, because when you think about even where the place that I work at, I don't want to put the name out there, but you already know. But it's like, even the place I work at, okay, you say you, say you train for an event okay yeah you want to come here but the event's not essential but let's just say you had knee replacement surgery and you need a higher graded knee brace you can't get that at walmart so now it makes us even more essential because now you got to come and get it through us you know you think about the things like the fitness you know the weight the fitness band you know that's done doctors prescribe that for like therapeutic rehab and, and training so it's when when you come full circle with it there's a lot of things that can be deemed essential in this time and it's really almost like well what is what's not essential that that's the bigger question i've been having through all of this is like man what's what's not essential yeah because even if you look at it with some people have been making jokes about it but barbershops and beauty saloons for a lot of people that could still be considered essential you're helping with grooming you're helping with you know keeping people's physical and mental spaces clean good on the guys as we did that conversation last night where we made jokes about some of us letting our hair go versus others true be told if i didn't have to do video calls i probably would have still had my sherman hensley going too but you think yeah. of it for a lot of people them being able to go to the barbershop and put themselves into a space that they feel confident and strong in and to a secondary extent women when they go to the beauty salon mental freedom and mental comfort is just as essential as any of these other businesses that are open in my view because what we're going to end up having from some of these things shutting down not only from the essential non-essential space but just because of what's going on in the country is they're going to have to figure out a way to put more money into the mental health space when this does come back on the other side. Because you're taking away a lot of livelihood from people that up until two weeks ago, their lives depended on the work that they did. And in their minds, it was considered essential. So now you're having somebody come and tell you like, no, your future and your life isn't as important as you think it is to us. And even that's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. So, and and that's why I say like, man, it it, 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 is kind of, it's kind of sad. You can see where you, you got to follow the money with all this mm-hmm. because Walmart those distribution centers haven't been shut down you know logistics and transportation hasn't been shut down so how are those people when you're driving a truck from state to state so now you got to stop and get gas at a gas station so now the gas station is essential so now the gas station worker how do they get to work well they you know you know what I mean like when you break it all the way down everything can be classified as essential right. and and so like what what I've been struggling with especially on my end is that when I do see some orders come in for here, okay, the the knee brace I told you that's essential, but the fashionable clothing is not. That's not essential. But when every human being grows over the next two three months, or you keep washing the same clothes and they shrink again, now you need new clothes. 
Now Ross is essential. Now Cole is essential. I, I just don't see, I get it with the social distancing, but I feel like there's just another layer that we're just choosing not to look at as a nation. Yeah, that so. line in the sand, it seems like is going to constantly get redrawn as it seems like country and the world is trying to figure out exactly when to restart things. Because yes, as of this recording, you know, we are seeing that there are some flattenings in areas of the country, but it's false hope in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. All realities mm-hmm. are until we can get quantifiable testing and broad spread testing, you can't really, quote, open the country back up because all you're going to do is just have rolling spikes of shoes. And that could be more impactful to the economy and to the, the well-being of Americans than what's going on right now, which is still tough. Because as I sit in Las Vegas, Nevada, and having 200, 200, I'm sorry, close to 300,000 people that are in the gaming hospitality industry have to be furloughed or be unemployed or paused in this moment because of the gaming close. Let's just be clear. Right. Gaming is essential in Nevada. The only reason why, and this is just my opinion, so I ain't gonna put you on the books on it, but this is just my opinion. Only reason why it's being closed up is because what is essential for the state to thrive needs other people to survive. Well, and you and the proximity and just the the, the overall nastiness of, in a time like this, you know, of touching the same slot machine as somebody else, you know, or sitting at the at the at the table with somebody else. You can't you can't ensure everybody's six feet apart or somebody sneezing and sharing poker chips and all that. But like I I, I again I get that, but then how does Las Vegas survive? It's a big you question. Know? Tough thing to really wrap our head around. Because right. even though we've got this big shiny stadium coming in and with the NFL, almost any NFL city tends to be an anchor for some kind of financial stability. But they're already talking about that there's a potential that Allegiant Stadium doesn't get completed on time of course they're trying to go the other way like no it's gonna get done by july there was workers on that site who are 1099 contract employees for the most part so they have to go to work because they can't pull traditional unemployment even with these workarounds that the government's doing multiple people uh, tested positive for COVID-19 on that work site. No, are you serious? Yeah, that puts even that project, which is one of the city's largest projects that is still moving, paused outright. And you got the time yeah. crunch between them completing it and when people can, quote, get back to going. There's all kinds of contingency plans that are going on. Just as we sit here, what was supposed to be the biggest spectacle for the NFL and a big launching point for Vegas had to be canceled. You know, the NFL draft right. was supposed to be here in two weeks and they was going to go full Vegas with it. You brought it up a couple minutes ago that how is Vegas going to recover? The month of March is one of the three largest revenue months for the state of Nevada just because of you think of all the sporting events that typically go on in March and it's one of the first months where we actually get decent weather. Pools open back up. You get the hour back from spring forward. It, it's usually just a catalyst. Conventions rolling through. All that was lost yeah. in March. I mean, people fly out to Vegas, you know, better than me, just for the March Madness tournament. Shout and out they, to the homie Roe. Roe usually would do that. And he had to cancel yeah. his trip. And and now it's like you can't even you can't even participate. And, and even like even like me, I'm sitting here. Okay, realistically, are we even gonna have a football season? Like these dudes are already in training right now, usually, right. but not right now. Right. You know what I mean? You gonna tell me that this stuff is gone by August? Oh, uh, as far as what we were talking about with the how we can see the NFL season actually going through out of all the major sports that is the one that I, I know that they've got the bigger TV deals but that's the one that I think will have the biggest social 
negative impact because mm-hmm. it's typically because of how the NFL is always packaged. You know, 16 games. Every game is very important. It's always on Sunday, so you get everybody's attention. You're usually coming together, be it at the stadiums or at a bar, at a social house, or at somebody's house to celebrate. It's in some ways the secondary church for a lot of people in America. You, right. put, you put that on right. TV with no crowd, different locations. I think in a lot of ways it'll do a lot more mental manipulation of people than what it'll actually help. You know, they were talking about it with baseball that one of their contingency plans is to take all the teams and send them out to Arizona, reset the divisions to be able to make it work instead of it being national and American, basically cactus and grapefruit and, you know, using those facilities down there. And even with baseball, we can probably get away with it because let's be honest, a lot of the times in the middle of a baseball season, there's nobody at most of these damn stadiums anyway. So the visual won't be as impactful. NBA, I think, is closer to what it is with the NFL. People still go to those games because of how cheap the tickets can be in a lot of these cities where the teams aren't that great. Anything that's on TV that has more of a a camaraderie and a visual effect of having crowds, it's going to be tougher for people to wrap their head around what they're watching. That's why I think that the combat sports will still have a shot. um, I was chatting with a gentleman, Juan, from Arsenal Boxing, the management group out here for a couple of fighters, and him and I were having that talk about that it was right after Dana White finally got the kibosh put on him by Disney and ESPN like bro don't try to do that damn fight at the native casino which was which was which was the stupidest idea ever I was gonna run that back too because obviously I ain't been able to catch up with you on some of this damn foolishness that Dana was trying to pull off just but he was even bringing up like boxing because a lot of his fighters are still just turned pro so they're still within their first 15 fights so they're used to fighting in band boxes and small clubs or in a lot of ways without a lot of people in, around them we did bring yeah. up that usc card that happened in brazil right before shit got real last month and that they pulled all the crowd out and even then it looked weird at first but it's still something that you can kind of get used to seeing because the way that they can shoot the shot where it's truly just zoom in on those two fighters the difference is is people still enjoy hearing a crowd and if they tried to manipulate the sound by you know pumping in crowd noise or something then it would seem and I don't think that people really want to appreciate it. So why try to force yourself to be sports it's like, right now? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, it's it's almost like you know you can't you can't make it fake. I always go back to one of my favorite fights is the Mayweather Hatton fight. That fight is not that fight without Ricky Hatton's crowd. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like it, like when you go back and watch that fight and you watch it on mute, you actually realize boy beat the hell out of Ricky Hatton for for ten rounds. Like, like it wasn't even close. Right. But because because is because his fans were there. Every time he would land a jab or a, you know a little hook, everything was going. And then plus it was there's only one Ricky Hatton the whole night. That's so still, still one of the ten best sports chants that you'll ever hear. Ever the Tyson Fury chant don't care. Ricky Hat Ricky Hatton had the. I mean that was. I still hear it in my head. So I mean, like that—that is—that's what makes the fight. I mean, even with I, I, you know, because I coach, so I've noticed that there's a difference between you know my my basketball players and my ball. And here's here's what I say: okay. basketball players can play in summer league. Ballers can play anywhere. A baller, a baller is somebody. Okay, I'll compare it to myself or I'll compare anybody that can play in an organized fashion with all the variables. So like you playing in an organized game with the lights on and the, and the, and the crowd, you know, uh, people don't, unless you've been out there, you don't realize how lonely it feels to be in that Jersey damn near naked in front of a group of people, you know? So, uh, I think that anybody could perform in sparring and you take the crowd out. It's just a glorified sparring session, but you know, you put the crowd in there and it, it, it provides that different element. And that's to me, what makes, what makes, makes the sport the sport um i was watching steph on all the smoke which is slowly becoming my second favorite podcast uh 
Shout out to Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. Great platform. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Steph Curry says, and no, I'm sorry, not Steph, uh, Lou Williams. Lou Williams said, I still play for the kid that hasn't seen me play before. And I was like, dude, it's crazy because that's how I feel, you know, anytime I step into a gym or whatever, like, and I tell that to my players and my kids, I'm like, you got to play and perform because people want to see how great you are. You know, and it's like, when you take them out, it's just a different element, man. And you, you may end up seeing, because, you know, we talked about them, practice players. Right. You know, when the lights weren't on, they could basically hit everything. They'd run conditioning better than anybody else. But as soon as even a half a light came on, they shrunk. This could end mm-hmm. up making it to where people that you thought, quote, suck, aren't that bad if they decide, like the league decides to come back and put people out there during, you know, smaller crowd. Again, even like with football, if they decide to do that, you know, some practice guys that might have went, and this is no knock to any small school, but, you know, let's say the kid went to Jesus Christ State and he never played in front of more than 250 people and balled out. During these moments right here, he can go ball out because he might only be playing in front of 50 people and it's still the same. The difference not only in sports but also in business is when you got to deal with the larger crowds and when them lights get hot, you know, how do you right. handle it? And I don't mean that you got to be Superman but just to show that you are a capable pro, you got to be able to show that you can handle that situation when there's more people there. So it can give all sense of entertainment in a lot of ways because eventually we're going right. to get back to some kind of normalcy and those guys might end up going somewhere else and not even right. have the same relevancy. Right. And, that, and that's why I say so it's like it's it's just a weird time and then I'm I'm personally just getting pissed off because even here where I live at, they're opening up the golf courses. I don't have anything against golf, but why is it that we have to appease the dollar sign? Because if we open up the golf courses, then you should be opening up the basketball courts. Oh, well, basketball is a physical game. Okay, so then golfers are going to stay six feet apart at all times. They're not going to congregate in the glove in the clubhouse. Like they're not sharing balls or it's it's just so many things where I'm like, man. The money is, and, and I'm saying money because I'm trying to say something else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Anybody that knows, I do golf. The majority that I would agree on, because even in Nevada, you know, when the shutdown first happened, they closed a lot of things that the majority of people can still go do recreationally to be able to, dis- to disconnect. And some of this right. is just based off of people not listening. Uh, right. And then right. some of it's just built off of the dollars and cents that, you know, they shut the basketball course down. Golf courses did stay open, but they did have caveats at first, you know. And I actually, right. because I'm just being able to get back to being out and doing any real physical activity or doing any working out, I did go to a golf course about two weeks ago. There was nobody out there. It was the, the greatest feeling I could guess I could say that I had of not having to deal with no goddamn people and socially distancing because yeah. normally, like you said, you got to go into a clubhouse. There's a lot of hand grabbing and, and shaking and touching. Dead ass, you paid online you walked up to a dude six feet away showed him your confirmation number on your phone he dead ass threw me the key to the golf cart with his gloves on and then one person to the cart you know like they did those things to restrict it but even in the state of nevada now um, as of this past week Governor Sisolak was like, books, we won't shut that down too because, and this is just, again, my personal thought, is not as much that they weren't okay with those places being open because they still had them open and other people were going to parks and not truly respecting the distancing. That just yeah. is, is beyond me. Um, the wife and I, you know, during these times, we have been outside a little bit more, you know, hitting parks, hitting bike trails, and I wanted to go to a different bike trail. Yeah. It's a popular bike in Henderson, or a popular bike trail in Henderson. And bro, you'd have thought that it was Freaknik 96 out 
there. And the cops was Straight in the up. goddamn parking lot. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't saying shit. So, because people can't listen and ain't knowing no better, now somebody like myself that has done a relatively positive job and good job keeping my distance and keeping the things clean, those small outlets that you do have, now shut down for everybody. This is the first weekend here where there's nothing going on, bro. Mm. And even right now, as we record, the likelihood is, is my wife and I were going to go ride our bicycle. We're going to end up riding places you would never imagine to go ride, like probably downtown in the strip because the goddamn parks and trails out here, they're going to be swole because there's nothing else that you can do right now. But, but again, like that's, that's the shit I'm talking about. It's like, man, how is the shutdown making it safe because we're still ballooning with cases? Yeah. You know, like, and and then, I mean, I, I see us being trained, you know, uh, it started with Walmart limiting its hours. Then after that, then Walmart started really limiting the amount of people that can be in the store at one time. This is just Colorado. I don't know, you know, and then really pushing out the omni channels and the online business. But it's like, so now if we limit how many people can be in the store at once, I get that. That's good. You can't limit what they touch in that store. You can't wipe every single thing down. Like like social distancing is the more you try to define it to me, the more you realize that we don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You look at it as the practice of social distancing, I get what they're doing, but it's a bigger issue why they're doing it. Quite honestly, the reason why we're having to go through the social distance practice, the same way that we made jokes about how the airline companies and you know the cruise lines and these big organizations are essentially living paycheck to paycheck. In a lot of ways, our government looks like it's coming off that way too. And this isn't a slant of one political party to the other because they all getting fat and happy off of these malfunctioning issues that are going on. You know, Because we don't yeah. really have the money in the proper places in government, this should have been handled because there are smaller countries with smaller GDP that, yeah, they had to do the social distancing, but theirs was for seven days. And then uh, we've got testing, we've got we've got products, we've got a triage vetting system to be able, if you are sick, here's where you go. And then once we get you right, here's where you go until we can get the mass majority of the world that way. And I don't want to hear people sitting there talking about, well, it's just because it's, let's just use New Zealand. It's New Zealand. They only have a couple million people. That ain't what it is. It's that they are willing to work together as a unit and they put the money in the resources for, quote, just in case shit happens. How is it that the majority of the things that we hold in high esteem in this country don't have a rainy day fund, but you expect for us to have a rainy day fund? That's why I'm very, for somebody that travels, and this might just be my soapbox moment, tension, airline companies, it's not our fault that you've been getting high off the hog using that extra cash to get stock buybacks and to make your CEOs more money. Because the thing about it is, is if your business goes under, there are bankruptcy protections in this country, which will essentially make sure that you don't completely fold and that somehow or another you will be able to maintain. John Q. Public, BK Norris, or Mr. Duncan, if we file for bankruptcy on Chapter 7 or 11, we are shunned down upon even in this kind of downturn. But we are the people expected to get on those planes to help you bounce yourself back. Those are, are flaws right. in the system. Right. No doubt. 100%. 100%. So how, how, how is this impacting you? Overall, man, my line of work is considered essential, which I'm obviously thankful for. I know that I'm in the minority in this state that has doesn't have a lot of the things affected. As far as the, the work that I do, it's tough to see because my specialization is in small businesses and workers' compensation. So you truly see in workers' comp what businesses are putting towards their payroll. And payroll numbers are down. If I told you what my budgets were for the last two months, me. it was a, uh, nobody told my budget line that, you know, coronavirus was coming through. But you're seeing the businesses that are still going, it's things that I would look at as being quasi-essential. 
Like not all food places yeah. should be deemed open, but those are things that they're keeping open. Yeah. Um, yeah. In Nevada, I'm not seeing a lot of businesses active. And that's what's tough. Because you think of it, let's say that there's a restaurant that could be considered essential, but the restaurant is right across the street from the city courthouse. Yeah. Yeah, they're essential and they could be considered open, but why am I going to open and run payroll even though I know that I've got three employees and they probably, the money that we bring in, that's all that they bring into the house. But I'm going to end up bleeding or probably hold all the way up if I open up my doors because I know nobody's going to the courthouse. We're seeing those those situations with accounts that are coming in. We're just not seeing a lot of them. And all in all, not traveling, it's going to be tough because a lot of what I do also involves travel, larger groups of people. But my partners, they also have restrictions on their employees. I don't know honestly how it shakes itself out when we do get back going at full speed i would assume that a lot of things that i still do are going to have need the people that are similar in my space i don't know how they're going to be able to do it because a lot of the way that we do insurance and financial services is still in this country but now what happens when everybody and and this might be an ignorant question but what happens when like everybody's pulling on them policies all at the same time like right now like how everybody's filing unemployment right right now how does that affect your business well here's the best way i can give like a layman's example and make sure that I don't step on my own toes with it is John Q's small business owner. Let's just say Flores. A florist is open, getting them flowers coming in, business as usual. The business has to close their doors due to state regulations of self-quarantining, uh, stay-at-home orders. They think, the business owner thinks, well, you know, I remember when my policy was to me for my small business that there was something in there about if I have an issue, I can file a claim. Most yeah. of those temporary loss of business income or loss of use of your facility, there's no, in most of these smaller policies for these John Q small businesses, these kind of things are excluded. You know, can't pay somebody for their business interruption when it's a act of God. Most of those claims file out off of fires, water damage, burglarism, something that you can physically see. And then there's a trigger. Right now, a lot of small business owners thought that they could go to that claim and claim against their policies and they can't. Really? Those are very you know, specific, non-admitted market type policies that you're willing to do that, which come with a hefty price price tag. And most, again, florists that's just basically been working off the corner, they've got a little $400, $500 business owner policy just to make sure that they have everything insured that they need to to run their business. So mm-hmm. the general business owner is going to end up missing out and they may not be around. Right. And, and that's that. Right. We go back to this whole thing about who's getting bailed out is the big boys in some way or another will be bailed out. The small folks will not. But then they'll expect for the small business owners to help bring America back. But you're not doing anything to help them out in this point. Sure. But but I feel like the small business owners are the ones who will have to conform to working for the big box retailers and the big box businesses and everything that you stood for and all your principles are now abandoned. And now you just, you know, you're a hand. And, and that's, you know, that, that that's that's where I'm like, man, you know, because just look at industries. One thing I will say, I do like that I'm seeing a lot more podcasts and, you know, like Shannon Sharp and them, they doing all that stuff from the house yeah. because, you know, it's like you living by example. But it's like, it's like, man, Everybody else is like, nobody's bigger than nobody else, man. Who's who's controlling the, the board? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it sounds crazy, but it's, somebody's writing the rules to this and we all following. And I feel like it's money. Oh, yeah. Just like the battle that's going to go on tonight on Instagram Live and RZA, cash rules everything around me. Still does. Yeah. And, yeah. And, sure and you know that some of these people that we voted into position of power to, that are supposed to look out for their constituents have in reality let them down. Without going into too many right. of those news articles, you, you, you heard of the senators and the 
congressmen that were part of these task force when they were first hearing about corona. Instead of getting to their constituents and telling them things are going to be okay, here's some changes that are coming. They're selling stocks they had in some of these companies and buying stock in other companies, which some people call insider trading. Um, that would be insider trading. Depending on how bad the epidemic comes in the country, they might actually have their day in court, but the likelihood is it'll fall into the nether regions until it's never heard from again. It's just, it's a tough time that the small business owner are the ones that are going to have to fill that pension. Like you brought up, they're going to have to capitulate to practices that, let's be honest, a lot of folks, when they start off a small business, the likelihood is they came from a big box operation or corporate entity that if I ever get my chance to do it myself, I'm going to yep. do it this way. So again, yep. back to where it said that that mental health capacity is going to be needed to be increased is because you're going to have people like that, that were business owners that had two or three people on, on staff that had similar mindset. And now all you guys are having to go back and conform to somebody that doesn't truly value what you're doing. Right. At all. It's interesting. Times, interesting. Man. Just because yeah. we, we stepped off of it because we went kind of to the political angle, but that's the thing that I appreciate when we do get the, the brother beige on the line. Dana White, let's go back to that. Yeah, my bad. No, no, it, <laughs> no you're fine because I mean, it kind of all intermingles because he, I don't think he would have felt like doing that if he didn't feel like he had the plug to nonsense at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But with Dana White, for anybody that may not be aware, he was trying to be that last starfighter and was like, damn the fear, damn all this UFC 249 will go on. He went from actually the initial main event that he was planning on having between Khabib and Tony Ferguson like, well, I'm just going to make a fight because Khabib couldn't get out the country. And then they decided we're going to you know, set up a fight island like this is some damn Enter the Dragon tongue po type shit. Um, and then they found the Tachi Palace allegedly out in Fresno on sovereign native land that they were just going to house all the fighters at and test them and basically keep them there. And in the 11th hour, you know, they told him, let's just not do this. It's, it's not going to look right. It's uh, a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look. <laughs> you, you know, it was a terrible, I mean, I told you my love for UFC has grown over the past, let's say five months, but really the past two and a half months, like, like I've just been watching fight after fight, man. Like, I, I, I think it's a dope sport, but you, you can't do it, man. You know, you have people dying and I forgot who I was listening to. I think it was Van Jones, his Breakfast Club interview. And he's like, man, like they tell you that it's an old person's disease, but you got, what they don't tell you is that in the minority community, you got people dying in their 30s of this COVID. And we just gonna, gonna lob a middle finger to, to that. Like, oh, I have to have this event. I get it, you know, but shut down means shut down. That fight is not essential. You know, if that, if that fight took place in Walmart over some paper towels, <laughs> you know, like it would, I'm gonna record it. it. I'm gonna record it in your world right. star, but still. Right. Well, I mean, like just to go Go somewhere and meet up and have a fight and bash each other's brains in. It just, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to that extent. Like you can't even have a crowd, you know. And then you still putting everybody's lives danger just by getting to the venue. And, and honestly, on a secondary thing about it, I'm glad that they didn't go on with this because I still, for the UFC fight fans, want to see Khabib and Tony Ferguson fight. I don't want to see no interchange. Like I'm not that hard up to see combat sports live to not get what I truly want to see. And that's no knock on you know Justin Gaethje. Who they were going to try to put into that main event against Tony. You originally put the billboard up. This is the fight, and this is for undisputed consideration in that division. So that's what you want to see. Right. You know, you want to see how they're going to be able to pitch this to where when Connor comes back to help you get a bag, this is the fight that you're going to put together. And they say a lot of reasons why Dana was being so adamant about pushing this fight through is the holding company that now owns UFC, WME, William Morris Agency, uh, Endeavor, that they're another one of these large corporations that are living check to check because in that same mm. umbrella, the 
the, like they're more of a talent and entertainment company. So think about it right now. All your traveling acts, they can't do nothing. All your television shows because you were still somewhat in the, the old business model of having a production house and studios and rigs and not being able to adapt to a internet-based platform. All that shut down. And you bought something that we've joked around with on prior podcasts. They overpaid for it. So good on the Fertitta for being able to sell something for $2 million and flip it for four. But you overpaid. So now you're trying to recoup that money. So you were so thirsty to try to recoup that money that you were willing to essentially do something different. And they can say that this is all because of Dane and the UFC. He's got a boss now this day. Somebody at WME was initially telling him, like, go ahead and go for it. And they got their hands slapped too. Like, this is bigger than Nino Brown or bigger than Dana White in the situation. But it's, again, corporations living paycheck to paycheck because they haven't put their money in the coffers. They tell the general public, well, you should have three months worth of living expenses saved up. Shit, y'all ain't got three months of, of resources to be able to keep these employees and everybody's staff. It's like, right. two, it's like the Spider-Man meme. You pointing at me, but I'm pointing back at you like, come on, bro. For real, for real. That's, I mean, that's what we're seeing right now. That's what, bro, we, we went from, like, in my spot, we went from, like, fully staffed to 3% staffed in a matter of 10 days. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if people, and we all know that sometimes things just happen, downturns in the economy happens. And unlike the recession, the 07, 09 recession, which you and I, during our professional careers, we jumped out from ASC into that mix. That at least during that time, people had a little bit of a heads up and they could start to ramp themselves down. Exactly. A lot of, you know, the general workers didn't have that opportunity to be able to do that. But business yeah. owners, and, and business owners should have already had the money in the tuck to at least say, hey, on this day here, I do have to, or we do have to close up shop. But one, we're not completely laying you off. Two, here's what our, our plan is going to be until further notice and at least wean people back down, which then takes stressors off of, let's just say, the unemployment insurance channel, which now we're hearing about is being stressed to the test. As of today, the Nevada unemployment insurance portal from one o'clock this afternoon until midnight, it's being shut down for um, required maintenance because they're running on operating systems from the early 80s. Yeah, right. Straight up. So again, like, where what are y'all doing with the money that you keep taking from people? And I know Nevada doesn't have any state income tax, but that's the in lieu of the entertainment and the hospitality taxes that they should have been banking for all these years. Wow. See, and, and that, that's the thing. It's like, man, we we put it in the vice sense. As the United States, we the Roy Jones. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we, we get away with with our bells and whistles and all the mistakes until in, in, until we get caught slipping and we have to slow down our, we, wasn't ready for. we have to slow down mm-hmm. and our mechanics are noticed at this point yeah and it's like now all of a sudden it's like you uh you don't have uh <laughs> what's the word you don't have um the fundamentals you thought you had you know we don't have you 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 flipping an operating system from the 80s bro that's terrible Man, you vegas it's like kanye our, our president should be flying an eye plane <laughs> you vegas you should be way ahead of this in countries you know? like new zealand sitting there looking at us like you got any excuses tonight u.s <laughs> right you got, any, you got any excuses tonight usa um, no no you got, you got no excuse but we do know that eventually things will have a readjustment because i don't get to chat with you enough about the fight game currently question i do have for you is because we know that when they start putting stuff back out on tv the dates are going to be limited and some of these you know networks their budget's going to be a little bit shrunk i mean hell you see the zone that made all this hoopla and, and grandeur about you know changing the the over the the top television platform that they were pitching their wagon to having a canelo fight coming up next month and they've essentially laid off you said close to three-fourths of their own staffing and they don't have shit on their platform right now so folks like me who 
I was adamant about carrying the zone. I thought that the concept makes sense and I still do. I canceled my subscription for the year and it's not because I, I don't want to give back to, to people trying to give me entertainment, but there's, you ain't got nothing on the damn platform besides Ak and Barack and some Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade uh, fights. And that's no knock on either one of them because you know, hey, if you guys got a way to be able to get your money, good on you, but you're not giving me anything. But you expect for me to help you stay afloat again. Corporations expecting for the regular man to look out for them when they didn't have a contingency plan. Uh, yeah. So there's going to be some fights. Oh, slight, it's back. like, hmm. I'm going to say, it's slight pause. Uh, shout out to the athletes who play, who are paying like the stadium worker salaries, but double non shout out to any athlete that is working for a <laughs> for a team and the team ain't breaking off some chip and the athlete's digging in his own pockets. That, so that, go that ahead. Is, that's disgusting. And my, my question about the fights can hold for this, this soapbox po- uh, moment. Remember Chris Rock stand up when he was basically telling people the difference between wealthy and rich and he was yeah. talking about Shaq is rich but the man that writes his checks is wealthy. Yep. That joke yep. still holds true. Yep. Like why are you expecting your players to help out for the greater good of those same people that you're making money off of? I just whenever this country does get into that point where they decide to revolt as much as we still can say in 2020 we do have issues and I'm not going to be a fool and not say that but I do think when it finally hits the fan my brother it's going to be more about class than it will be about color because situations say, like, like this right here is becoming mm-hmm. way more evident that that's what's going to happen and, that, and that's and that's why I say I'm like man fuck the bullshit I'll follow the money because it's, it is it's ultimately it is the classism and, and class is what is it what is what's being exploited right now and it's good that the athletes recognize like hey i'm getting paid to entertain so i will give back but let some of these masters start recognizing that as well they keep their money is keeping all this stuff low and once the slaves realize that it's more of us in the field than it is of y'all in the house that's when the revolt's gonna that's why you can see that there'll probably be some new makeshift production and promotional companies creators will find a way to create in these moments and not only what we're doing on in the media space with our podcast but television people will find a way to be able to to put on fights at a smaller scale be able to do shows on a smaller scale and it's not because they can't trust having the machine the machine's not going to be there and do you really want to work with that machine enough and as far as with the fights that are going on question i have to you is knowing that there's going to be less dates and that people are going to be vying for whatever money they can get off of television and streaming networks do you think that we're going to see any tune-up fights for any of these fighters that and just go through the list you know Crawford's, the the lomas the, the canelos the AJs, you do you think that you're gonna see them doing filler fights or you know get back to it fights, or because everybody's gonna be on the crunch, including their numbers, they're just gonna end up saying screw it, I gotta I gotta go back in and face yes, the, the best opponent possible. Now we just got through two rounders. Let me see. Hold on one sec, CJ. Oh, you good? Here. Check. So, with knowing that fighters are gonna end up having limited amount of space. Do you think with this situation, it's going to make fighters have to, quote, cross the street and work with other promoters and actually make these big fights? Because everybody's dollar is going to be that much more valuable. And if you want me to hand over even $25 in this environment to a a streaming platform, I don't want to see you fighting Glass Joe. And I'm talking about you, Danny Garcia. All right, that's Mm. that's foul. I took a shot at Danny. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Uh, but, But any fighters, like, I don't want to. I don't want to see you saying that. I, you know, I've been going out the ring and I got to, you know, get things sharp. Like, no, we all been going out the economy and we ain't have no tune up to be able to get things back right. You know. So, Dude, what are your thoughts? I, I, my, my, my thoughts are: I don't want to see a watered down product. And you know, my, 
philosophy on boiled barbecue. I'd rather it be low and slow and cooked right <laughs> than you than you boil me some chicken and throw some barbecue sauce on it and, and call it barbecue. So it's the it's the same with uh it's the same with the fight game. I think that everybody needs to have at least one tune up because the world is shut down. So everybody's allotted one tune up fight, but then you gotta bring your A game for the next one. I'll pay a hundred dollars on a pay per view even if that don't mean that I'm not buying my first pay-per-view until maybe April of next year. Cause I know that's going to be worth it. If the first fight comes up on like, you know, PBC on Fox and it is Danny Garcia versus a tomato can knowing that he's fighting Bud Crawford next, you know what I mean? Like just, just something like that where, where we're all like, you're seeing the tournament. Um, and you know what? Well, I don't want to segue too much, but shout out to whoever is releasing all of these full fight broadcasts on YouTube with the pay-per-views. Because I've been watching fight card after fight card, and that's been my cure for the quarantine. Um, the internet will so if you haven't, man. That's what we yeah, do without so like, Yeah, because if, if, if you haven't seen it, man, like I went back, I watched the whole uh, Trinidad, De La Hoya. You know, I, I, I watched all the class fights. Like them fights, them good fights, forgot about. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, yeah I, I think everybody needs a tune-up. You got to have a tune-up. Okay, well, that's cool if they need to have a tune-up. But what I would say then, if we're going to have some tune-ups of some of our favorite and top fighters, then they need to do like the old Don Kings or even what you'd say now with the UFC and just stack the card. All right, it's fine. Stack if the you, card. If you want to have tune-ups, yeah. that's cool. Everybody going to have to take a haircut. Exactly. No, and this is including attention, all Al Heyman fighters. All right, now this is a direct shot, mainly because if it ever gets into the interweb, I'm willing to talk to all y'all. But Al has done his best effort to make sure that his fighters are taken care of. And that is the one thing from being in a fight family I will always appreciate and respect. In this current situation, he can't guarantee you that same kind of money. And the thing that you right. could actually do to make yourself more money in this downridden, downtrodden economy is going to happen is get your face out there and do something and make it seem like you're doing it for the people. If you do that, right. you will make the money back. Um, but they do. They'll need to stack these cards up and fighters are going to have to take a haircut and they're going to have to be okay with it. Yeah, you might have been headlining fights the last two years in be it regional towns or in your hometown. But for this Battle of the Bands fight card, you're going to be the fourth fight on there. Because there used to be a point in time where DK Productions used to do that. Top Rank used to do that before Bob lost his mind and said that you don't want to put money into the undercard because nobody pays attention. It wasn't always that way. Julio Cesar Chavez used to be, he went from fourth in to third in to co-feature and then he became became a headliner a lot of the places. Some of my favorite fighters, they were like third or fourth in. Julian the Hawk Jackson, which if you need something to go do, do a YouTube stream on Julian Jackson knockouts. The shit was amazing. Oh, I've, I've done that. Yeah, I've, I've seen Julian Jackson. Yeah, yeah he, he can go. Yeah, the, the Harold Graham knockout is still classic the way that you just see a dead body fall. They used to be on just a regular card in Atlantic City. We will have to go back to that model. They said yeah. it was when I was talking with the people from over at Arsenal Boxing, with him being a startup, well not a startup, but a, a newer manager and with a newer from the fighters do you think even on the lower level that you being a manager are going to be working with promoters that are going to have to essentially co-op together that we usually do their own club shows now they're going to have to come together to do major club shows just to be able to get back going and you know he was like absolutely that's probably what's going to happen it's going to trickle down all the way to the small independent shows so if they're doing it you guys got to do it too and to Saoko Alvarez to Triple G to Anthony Joshua yeah you guys have guarantees from the zone which is now sucker money to them but even 
even if that means them fighting in smaller venues to make these fights go off, they need to look at doing it too. Because this is actually the moment where the fight game can jump from being as others receiving votes in the sports hierarchy to a top five sport because they can move the easiest. And yeah. UFC is starting to get some stink on it, even though the UFC business model is overall easier to put on TV. If they don't handle this situation right, they could even lose some of their position because they're both basically vetting through ESPN. UFC independently, boxing because it's set up with a whole bunch of independent operators. ESPN is one of those operators, but they're still all in that same space. So there is an opportunity for fighters to get this shit right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's interesting times though. Like as of right now, even as we're in the, the recently created Mall Studios, I can't tell if that's helicopter or a crop duster spraying antibiotics all over the city. Interesting times. Spraying them, spraying them COVIDs. Get them COVIDs about it. Man, you think uh, you think that that fight is ever going to come off? Which one? Ferguson and uh, Khabib. I, I think it will. But the only way that they can make that fight come off is they've got to make sure Tony doesn't fight anybody. It's not that I don't believe Tony isn't a badass, but Tony's had a hell of a journey, not only in the cage, but also with his mental health issues. So mm-hmm. you, you put him in the same neighborhood as you put, you know, the Gypsy King, the Dalsa Talker, Tyson Fury. Got to keep them in order. Idle time right now with some like this you, you never know and and that's for everybody so anybody that's already having those issues i feel even worse off of them you know these yeah. these days are making everybody have to do their best to to live in the now typically we're moving so fast to think of our futures not only for ourselves and our families that you forget to live in the now in a lot of ways and things like this here make you have to slow down and actually think of living in the moment a little bit more straight up straight up so oh uh, the shit that i am a little bit saddened about is as far as from a fighting perspective give me one fight that probably not come off this year because of everybody getting pushed back boxing yes let's see we in april right now Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we're going to see any of the good welterweight fights. Oh, absolutely not. So, I mean, if me, I wanted, I I would have loved to have seen this year, obviously, Bud versus uh, Earl flip my car. So, like, that, that's that's the one fight because I truly think that Bud Crawford would beat Earl Spence. Like, I'm I'm convinced. And, and I think that it would it would give more, like, recognition to his game because I, I think he's the best boxer out right now. Um, I would agree. So, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't, I don't think that we see that one. And then I don't want want to see the Fury uh, Wilder 3. I think it's pointless at this point. I do want your insight on what do you think about Glovegate and, you know, BBN and them uh, essentially saying that he he out there cheating. And it's, after re-watching, he did catch him with some hot ones bottom of his glove. You know what I mean? So Well, my point of view on it is unless you've got a hollow glove, which it's tough to do if the state commission approved it, even, even when the glove starts to move and get loose, it's not horsehair from the 1980s. You can create a hook punch where your glove does look exposed, especially if he's willing to basically do it as an open hand to create a larger target. Mm. Here's the thing that I will say overall is if you believe that that many people were able to be in on the fix, then why are you watching the sport? Do right. We do think that the fight game might have corruption to it, but go figure. Hello, look at what's going on in the world right now. It's not just because of the actual illness that we have issues going on with what's happening in the response of the government. There is corruption on both sides of the house in this situation. Two-party systems will have right. that. But yeah, if you think that everybody was in on the fix to be willing yeah. to do that, there's another issue. And I'm 100% yeah. with you yeah. spot on. I don't want to see Wilder Fury 3. I didn't want to see it in July. I don't want to see it in January of 2021. I don't want to see it in July of 2021. You might at all. You, you might get me one to see it in 2022. And I'm basically putting that on that at least Tyson will be slightly slower, but Deontay will probably have been clipped by then. 
um, that, but it'll be more of a, a fighting chance at that point. The reason why I don't want to see it immediately is because there's still an opportunity to get a true legacy. And this is when you take that step aside and whatever needs to be done, as you said, that whole warm up, nope. that warm up opportunity, then you go ahead mm-hmm. and set up AJ and, and Tyson. Let them run it. AJ beats Tyson, I think. I agree. Styles make fights. Yep, yep. AJ's technically sound enough to be able to stay in the pocket and be able to deliver the one-two when Tyson does get loose. And a Kronk style makes you more susceptible for the right when it comes back on the count, even when you're the taller fighter, because you're basically yeah. working off the jab and clinch. Yeah, you're working off that jab. Hey, and, and you know what, dude? Shout out, shout out to you, because uh, I had, I've always had appreciation for the sport, but ever since you sent me that training video and I'm diving down a rabbit hole even that much further, I have so much more appreciation for just the every movement that boxers do in the ring. Like, it's it's so much harder when you actually, like, start, you know, like, trying to train in the sport. So, yeah, shout out to you on that. And the footwork, oh my god. Dude, I, like, trying to, trying to fight a three-minute round. I don't know how many water breaks I take when I'm hitting the heavy bag or the speed bag for, like, two minutes, listening to some Jim Jones trying to get my mind right. And I'm like, damn, how could a fighter do this for 12 rounds? You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and you're getting hit back. <laughs> and you're getting hit back. Yeah. But it's like, but the, the footwork and the cardio is, is it's insane. Like, I, I love it, dude. Like, I got my ladder tapes off in my basement. I do, like, those ladder footwork training drills. But now I'm doing it with the, with the gloves on and, uh, you know, like, dialing it in and, like, jumping into it and all that. Like, it's it's insane how how taxing and, 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 and taxing it is on the whole body. But you feel great because it's total body workout. Great. Right outside of the walls of the studio, I've got the heavy bag sitting and um, double in bag is on the ground currently that's part of the the weekend put to do list to be able to put that up and it's it's a total body especially at home right now that even the days when you don't feel like working out there's ways to still get out there and do something in the boxing space to be able to get yourself and get your heart rate up and then the days that you do feel like working out it's double and triple the energy because now you're incorporating your actual feelings into what you're doing and you can try to mimic things that you saw in a fight or you know do it with a video if you're a peloton user you can you know have a peloton video stream at the same time it, it works out during yeah. these times and some people just might need to hit the, the bag just to be able to get through the day of what they actually are feeling it, it has multiple uses to it no it really does it really does one last thing that i'll ask you before i end up making a move because i think that uh, the downtown ride is going to be in my near future. Even when we just talked about hitting a heavy bag or going out into the gym and using your gloves, us being somewhat jack wagons still know to not do anything as damn idiotic as Billy Joe Saunders comments on his during his time of being quarantined. Do you really just think that he's that half slow or he just doesn't get it? Because the likelihood is he was going to miss out on that Canelo payday because of the fight being postponed for May 2nd, but the British Boxing Control Board has suspended him because of his video making comments about domestic abuse during these quarantine times. Just a, a quick comment on Billy Jackass Saunders, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um, quick comment is they're fighters, they're dumb, and people do things because <laughs> they think that they invincible. Rules don't apply to them. Like just check all the boxes. You ignorant dumbass. No different than uh, than your boy uh, Money May daughter running up on YN, YN, young a- whoever. A- B- C- and staff. E F G. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like they just think that things don't apply to them, and then they get caught. And, yeah, and it, and. Or caught up in it. I, I I got I got no comment for the Billy Joe other than he's Billy Joe Saunders. So <laughs> don't be a fool and lose your bag. That's goddamn shame. Well, that you've been working for this whole time, and you really really deserve. But you's gonna get blessed with it. And hey, some people don't get it. Just can't yeah. tell them fat meat ain't greasy, baby. 
Yeah. All right, man. So. Appreciate you as always. You make sure you keep yourself safe, and obviously, I'll catch up with you along the way. For sure, to. man. Y'all have fun pedaling downtown. How far is it to downtown? Well, the likelihood is, is we'll throw <sighs> the bikes on the freshest of offer-up bike racks that I've acquired and put it on the Jeep okay. and then just park somewhere near downtown. Because um, from downtown to the beginning of the strip, if you go each way, six to eight miles, depending on where I park at and then come back so you know, maybe right might do 20 that's the target but i might take more photos than anything just because downtown personally the strip was one thing you know with the pictures that i posted and you saw there was one thing seeing the strip occasionally you'll see the strip kind of that quiet you know very mid-morning but downtown you probably don't ever see something going on down there not seeing the lights moving and not seeing nothing down there including performers and all that that one's going so I might take more photos or ride, but we'll see. Folks got to make sure that they get outside. And you know, everybody that's been listening to the pod, we appreciate y'all. Follow at For The Taste Show. Also do us a favor. Follow somebody that's in first responders and medical industry, the local fire station, uh, EMT group. If you see some kind of hashtag that just is talking about post of, you know, spouses of folks that are first responders, find a way to be able to follow. B, I'll catch up with you along the way, man. Yeah, be safe, bro. All right, man. Thank you. Yep.